Hello, this is Janet Gallen welcoming you to Love Letters Live. Today's guest is someone uh, you will know the minute we start talking. And Julie, I'm going to introduce you just immediately so you can say hello. Our guest is Julie Rogers Pamilia. And in case you're wondering about the Rogers part, you tell us who your well, grandparents were. I guess somebody has to be re related to them. And it might as well be me at this point. Um, I was, my grandparents were Roy Rogers and Dale Evans on my dad's side. Yes. And I mean, I don't even know where to start, but you grew up knowing them. I mean. Oh, very much so. They yeah. were, they were part of your life. Um, uh, what was your first awareness of them first as grandma and grandpa? Well, I can remember as early as three years old, grandpa hoisting me on top of trigger, asking oh, me if I trigger. wanted okay. Yeah. <laughs> and um and I remember feeling very safe. That horse was such a bomb proof, wonderful horse. He just stood there. It's like he knew that there was a child on him and he better be very careful. And um so I have a lot of early memories. They were very hands-on grandparents, but I thought that everybody's grandparents had a TV show. And my normal, I yeah. thought was just normal for everybody else. So I, I was going to ask you that, actually, because what is your normal? What is normal to you? Yes, seems normal. And you look right. back and at what point in life did you realize that this wasn't normal at all? I mean, it was normal for you. This uh -huh. was nowhere near the usual. Well, I I remember very clearly back in second grade, that my teacher called me up to her desk one day uh, while everybody was very quiet, silent reading, uh, doing something. And she pointed to the stack of weekly readers on her desk. The stack of what? I'm sorry. Weekly readers. It was oh, from yes. Scholastic News and we still use them. I'm a teacher and we still use Scholastic News. But anyway, she pointed and said, do you know who this is? And I thought, well, I answered, well, yeah, that's my grandfather. And I, I was confused because to me, that wasn't an oddity that he would be on a magazine cover, right. but to her, it really was. And so I went home that day and asked my parents, wait, why, why did she act like that? Are they different? Are we different? What's going on? You knew to ask that? Uh, yeah, because I was kind of taken back that she even knew my grandparents Oh, and, I was going to ask you about that, too. So the other children in your class, at, at some point, people were no longer seeing Roy Rogers and Dale Evans on TV. Mm -hmm. And so did your classmates know who that was? Um, They knew, but they weren't real impressed. We were more concerned with the play equipment outside and, you know, <laughs> all of the stuff that you are when you're kids. And that's kind of like I grew up in general, where we just played alongside um lots of interesting things happening around us or people celebrities that would come in and I didn't know one from the other it didn't matter we just were being grandchildren you know right now your your father is their son my father was Dale's only biological son she got pregnant at 14 had him at 15 wow then she went on to really kind of make a mess of her life and as she's trying to seek stardom and so she I went read something about that are you comfortable talking about what that was yeah. I, I'm asking because you know all these things are lessons to people 
Yeah, they are. And you know what? They used them in that positive way later on in their lives. Did they? Um, so they did not shy away from that at all. She was married three times, uh, divorced three times. And my dad, you know, she she had later on in life, she had a lot of guilt feeling like she hadn't really raised my dad the way she she knew then that she should have raised him. Oh, we'll talk about that. How do you know that? Um, grandma told me and my dad told me about his childhood. It wasn't bad for my dad because there were times when she was living in Chicago that she had to send him back to Texas to live with oh, her. Family. She was so young. Yeah. And not, she was uh -huh. trying to break into radio and eventually TV and movies. And so she sent my dad back to stay on the farm with my great grandma and grandpa, his grandparents. Mm -hmm. And he actually called my great grandma um, mom and he called his mom Francis. And so he, but he knew that that was his mom, even though he called her that. So he could have been really messed up. Uh, throughout so Francis was her given birth. Her, yes, yes, she was Francis Octavia Smith, and for a while she went by Fanny, and she married her second husband, uh, third husband. Sorry, uh, his name was Dale Butts. So she was Fanny oh, Butts yeah. for a while, and um, I don't think I would have probably changed my name if that had been <laughs> the case. But um, my dad and her were very close. He went back to live with her in his teen years and on into, you know, then when he left home and went so into that, that was not an easy time for children to have been born into something so different that I, I'm just thinking. Yeah. I mean, okay. So I'm 81 mm -hmm. and I remember those days real well. And people uh -huh. were, people were uncomfortable even talking about divorce. Yes. Let alone being born to a 15 year old. Yep. And uh, it was a very different situation for him. And, and it wasn't uh, it wasn't talked about. In fact, she had to hide the fact that she had a son when she made it to go to Hollywood. Oh, they she said, did. Oh, okay. Yeah, because it was it was shameful back then. And so it just wasn't they didn't think it would help her popularity. So he had to go along as her brother. Oh, my and goodness. He said, he said, well, you know, mom, I can't lie. So if somebody asks me, I just can't do that. But I will make sure, you know, that I will make myself scarce whenever the public comes around or, or you know, cameras. And how old was he when he was aware of this kind of need? Uh, well, he was like 14 uh, oh. and he was just going into high school and he just felt very uncomfortable. So um, and it, you know, she did that. She passed him off as her brother. And she lied about her age and said she was 21, but she was really 28. <laughs> and she also fibbed and said she could ride a horse when um, she was up for the part with grandpa. <laughs> she said, well, I'm from Texas, aren't I? And they took that as a yes. And my grandpa said he never saw so much sky between a woman and a horse in his life when she got on and started riding. But, so she learned how. Oh, yeah. She finally, she learned how. And with my grandpa giving her tips and her taking some writing lessons, she was a pretty decent writer by the time their show ended. So, yeah. She, she must have been just, you know, you, you wouldn't know this as a kid watching things on TV. She must have had the kind of strength and um, ambition to be something big. Oh, that, oh, yeah. <laughs> that was just huge. Yeah. You know, it, was... the, the role fits her so well. Yeah. You'd think yeah. she was just born Dale Evans and 
didn't right. have to work on any of this. And they liked her feistiness. Uh, they would give her parts with grandpa where she was the city girl and she just was, you know, in control of everything. And grandpa would just kind of smile at her like an old country boy, which was really how it was in real life. Is that right? And now, let me ask you something. Do you, I mean, I should have looked this up myself so I could let people okay. know, but can we, see, we can probably go to YouTube and put in Roy Rogers and Dale Evans and get episodes, right? Oh yeah. You can get all kinds of stuff. Yeah. You can get their TV show, the intro to their show. You can get movies. You can, you know, lots I would, of I would advise people to do that because it, it, this was just such an, an enormously important cultural um, icon of the time. What do you think it is that made them so popular? I mean, people love cowboys and they love, why do you think? Well, I believe that, and, and grandma, and grandpa, you know, we talked about things kind of like this and uh -huh. uh, they were very accessible and they were authentic. And they used to say, you know, we are who we are. And, you know, if the public likes it, great. If not, we're being true to ourselves. And um, they never forgot where they came from. And so they never deemed themselves too important for the fans. And grandpa used to say all the time, if there weren't the fans, there would be no Roy Rogers. And so he, know that. Yes. he was very, very uh, humble. Both of I them was just, were very yes, humble. It sounds like they had humility just around. Yeah. And what? they were very much the same off screen as they were on screen. Uh-huh. What what do you think they're most outstanding as as screen, you know, as as cultural heroes? Well, you kind of answered that, you know, what was their well, most thing? But I think there's, I think not only their public persona, but also what they did for the landscape of public opinion on uh, children with special needs. They were big advocates for children and they themselves had a little girl who was Down syndrome. And I remember this because, oh, I'm going to cry. I'm going to cry again like I did when I was eight years old. Did you read Angel Unaware? My entire grammar school class read it. It had come out that year. Uh -huh. And everybody read Angel Unaware. And, uh, you know, we, we came to school just like in tears, but we learned something. And, and your grandmother taught the world something that people are struggling to teach now about differences yep. and about, about Down syndrome and about all kinds of things that make us different. That's right. And what and so when that little girl's, I know. I know. And it's when, when they were... You know, when they brought her home, when they when they had her in the hospital, the doctors before they left said, OK, well, which institution, you know, where do you want to put her? Yeah, this, but this was this was one of her biological children. It was her. It was their only biological That's child. Right. Yeah, I wanted to point that out. Okay. They only had one. And uh, out of all the nine, five were adopted. And then there was my dad who was biological from grandma and two from grandpa that were biological. But other than that, Robin was their only child. Tell and us about her. Tell us it about. Was, it was a tough time. And when the, the doctor said, where are you going to put her? My grandpa was like, well, where do you think I'm going to put her? I'm we're bringing her home. And they were shocked. And because of their outspoken views on, on kids with special needs and, and how to handle it, they started noticing families with with kids with disabilities coming out uh, to their rodeos and their shows oh uh, in droves with their special needs children. And he, so he started to ask 
like Madison Square Gardens and wherever they performed, for them to leave the first few rows around the bottom of the arena close up uh, for those families. And then after the show, they would go along and, and shake hands on horseback with oh. all of those fans. And yeah, it, I, I didn't know uh, any of that. I'm so happy to learn this about them. But yeah, I, they so, were very so she, she was born in 48. So she was born like in what, 1946? No, she was, um, oh, Robin, Robin. Yeah. Uh, no, she was born. She was my sister's age. And my sister is, uh, she was born in 50, uh, 52. Oh, that, oh, that's right. So I was 10. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She was, um, Robin was, was, um, just two when she passed away. So it was before I was born, but it really changed the family in that, um, the family became so uh, open-hearted and loving and, and just, I don't know, just a lovely family that everyone was included. And, you know, I have an aunt that is um, Native American. I had an aunt that was from Korea. I had an aunt from Scotland. Mm -hmm. uh, I had an uncle that had special needs because he had been beaten as a child and he had some brain damage. Awful. And so they just loved children. And they they just wanted, you know, a big house. They, they all, well, not a big house, but a big household with uh, lots of children. So... They did. My and here goodness. we all are. <laughs> she was just, she was such a leader in so many ways. I understand that she wrote Happy Trails. Yes. And I didn't even know that till I was in college. Is that right? Oh, you said yeah, you I was on the radio? Or the, go ahead. Yeah, I heard it. I heard her name on the radio that was down low. And I turned up the radio to see what they were talking about. And they said, well, Day Levins wrote this iconic song, Happy Trails. I said, are you kidding me? And I went to the phone and I didn't even let her answer. I said, Grandma, you wrote that? And she said, wait, wait what what and I said you wrote happy trails and she said well yeah so why uh -huh. did you ever tell me she said well baby I just didn't think it was that important didn't come up in conversation yeah no so I was like fine I no one in this family tells me anything and I find it out from a radio guy you know yeah. when I'm in college she laughed well, you know that's that's just another point up for them for humility yeah, they they didn't push anything on people. They were just normal people with very extraordinary jobs. Yes. Really. How did how did your grandfather, if you know this, um, uh -huh. I mean, gosh, they were so ahead of their time in so many ways that the world is trying to catch up in now. Mm -hmm. You know, like like women being able to achieve. Yep. I mean, not that yeah. not that they haven't achieved enormous amounts everywhere, but she was you know kind of ahead of her time. And definitely they were ahead of their time by today's standards in the world of um, disability and differences and making room for everybody and accepting it as just normal life. That's just the way it is. And uh, we didn't see all of those cultures other than they celebrated them and, and were very, had the, the children learn about where they came from and they were very proud of that. But uh, they were so inclusive that they never, that, yes. they how never that, made an issue. How was yeah. he to her? How was he just love and respect? How, how did he treat her? You mean grandpa? Uh huh. Oh my goodness. Um, they just adored each other. They were very much opposites and In he was way? very, very shy. Oh my goodness. He was painfully shy. And, uh, Dale, my grandma was, she didn't have a shy bone in her body. She was a force to be reckoned with. And when they were on interviews, he didn't mind that she talked, did most of the talking because he said, well, it gives me 
more time uh, to think of what I want to say. Mm-hmm. So it worked out really, really well. And um, she gave him his space and he gave her her space. And uh, right. they were just a really fun couple. <laughs> wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. So let me, let me ask you, do you have letters from them? Um, you know, I am so largely about the power of letters. I and- do. I have, um, I have letters, um, also from my grandma to my, to my dad oh. and back and forth. And that's very special. I didn't even find them in my boxes in the garage until I was done with the book. So maybe I'll have to write another book. <laughs> really? Um, but yeah, um, they were very hands-on. I have cards from them. Um, did you, did you used to write to them? Well, I saw them so much that I didn't right. have to. So yeah. uh, we were there on the weekends for family dinner and they were such, I mean, they were at every birthday party, uh, you know, recital, so many things of mine growing up and now, they would try to work their schedule around in order to be there, to be present. Sure. Now, can we talk about you a little bit? Sure. You're a school teacher, I understand. Yes, I am for 34 years. Wow. What, yeah. and what what drew you to that if you can well i um you know that's a good question because back in the day i was immersed in music because both of my parents were music teachers oh is that and, right oh yeah about that yeah my dad was a, my grandma really wanted to get him into big band and you know on stage and on tv and stuff but he was not having that he just wanted to teach children how to play instruments so he was what, a, what instruments did he teach um well he taught band and orchestra in the schools and then he taught flute he was a flute Which, player himself well I'm, I'm so touched by this where what school did he uh, teach at he taught in uh well he taught down in southern california in um la Cañada at a place called rosemont junior high mm-hmm. uh in just outside montrose where we were living and then we moved up to Las Gatas and he taught in Las Gatas, California. Oh, really? um, and he loved it. He loved to excite children with, with the love of music. Do you know, you just reminded me of something that I saw decades ago. I was driving and it was a bumper sticker that, so it just took my heart away because I could do it. It was a bumper sticker that had, you know, maybe eight bars of music just written on the staff. Uh-huh. And it said... If you can read this, thank a music teacher. Oh, I love that. I love that. Don't you? Oh, I wish I would have had that for my dad when he was alive. Really? I mean, sometimes you see things that are just so to the point. Okay, so that's about your dad. And what did your mother do? Well, my mother was a PE major at UCLA. My dad was a music major from USC. So there was a little bit of rivalry there during football season. Of course, yeah. And um, But my mom was, you know, they were very involved at their church, uh, the Christian church. They He was the choir director and she was his organist and pianist. And so they worked beautifully together. They didn't even have to talk. They just knew each other's thoughts and where they were going next in the music. And so she accompanied us. We all play stringed instruments and I play viola. What do you, what do you play? Viola. And oh, um, yeah, I started on violin. I thought it was too high and squeaky. So he put me down to viola uh-huh. and I loved it. And I was in um, his orchestras and different performances and things. And um, I played when I lived over in Europe, I played in a um, chamber orchestra that that mm-hmm. had their concerts at the Nymphenburg Palace in Munich. 
And uh, yeah, so I've had a lot of music in my life over the years, but I just, people were either in film or in teaching in my family. Those were the two, you so, know, choices. So you grew up where teaching was natural. I'm so touched by your musical um, work though. And yours. I just, I just got a CD, Jordi Savali and Ooh. violist. Mm -hmm. It hasn't gotten to me yet, but I'm so excited. Yes. So you, you don't see as much viola as you do violin. No, you don't, because it's like I, the viola always gets the oompa afterbeats, you know, and the violins always get the melodic melody. Uh -huh. right. You know, they're the stars. And, you know, there's a lot of viola jokes out there, you know, like they've never heard one. Oh, but you know, there used to be like blonde jokes and, you know, now you can't joke about anything because everything's pretty sensitive, <laughs> but, um, but there, there used to be viola jokes about how they weren't good enough, you know, violinists. So they, you know, play viola and stuff. It's just fun. <laughs> Did you find it easier to play the viola than the violin? Um, I just liked the sound of it better. I don't mm -hmm. think it was easier because you the have to spend the same, right? You have yeah. to, well, it's it, you have to stretch your fingers out farther, and it's so bigger. You mean, yeah? Yeah, it's bigger. So, so but it's lower. It's natural to you. What What is it that you do teach? I do. Uh, I teach classroom. Uh, just I teach third grade right now. I've taught everything from kindergarten through uh, sixth grade. Okay, so I didn't know if you, music was something that you focused on. No, um, except that I do have a music credential. So if anybody ever needed a music teacher in a school, I could teach music. So, but I never have. I've always taught in the classroom. So, but I pull it in to my own classroom. Do, do um, you feel particularly lucky in every which way in life? You know what? I really do. And I, I look back on my life and I'm even more grateful of the way that I grew up. Yes. And um, I had such wonderful memories. It was like their their ranch, my grandparents' ranch in Chatsworth was just magical to me. There were so many places to hide. I had relatives surrounding me that would love. And I didn't have those, you know, unfortunate experiences that some people grow up with in sure. childhood. Uh, I just had a really strong, positive upbringing. I have an idea. Yeah. Because of my attachment to the power of letters. Have you ever, well, okay, let me ask this, which I always like to ask. If you were to write a love letter, and I'm calling a love letter, you know, something of fond memories, of gratitude, of love, of lust, of interest, of anything at all. If you were to write a love letter, what I call a love letter right now, who would it be to? Well, I and think I just wrote one. Pardon? I think I think I just wrote one. Um, I actually feel like this book that I just wrote um, is a love letter to my grandparents because the subtitle in it is, you know, the title is Your Heroes, My Grandparents. And then it, underneath that, it says A Granddaughter's Love. And love. I have so much love for the way that I was brought up. And my dad is included in that, too. My parents. Um, so tell, we, can, I, we can find this. This book is out now. It's available. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on Amazon and it's also on Barnes and Noble and other places, but those are the two main ones. And on Monday, which is what day after tomorrow, uh, it's officially on. So right now, today and tomorrow, it's um, still pre-order, but we're right on the cusp of, of having having it just go straight order. Uh, there's hardback and paper book. And I'm just, I'm, I'm satisfied after writing it. I, it's great if it sells and I really hope it does. And I hope people talk about it, especially to younger people who may not know them. But my job that I set out to do has been completed. 
and it is a love letter to my my family of and course. my grandparents and my my parents. Let me ask something. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I always, you know, tend to think of a love letter as something written in your handwriting. Uh huh. And if if you well, first of all, I do want to say that the flyleaf in a book is a wonderful piece of stationery for a personal note. Mm-hmm. You know, it is. to it write is. to write. You know, I'm sending you this book, and just to write something loving. So your handwriting, you know that that'll last forever. But what about what about an like? Do you, are there children in your family now? Children and meaning, do I have children or you or nieces and nephews? Yes, or yes. I have the um, I have the youngest children. I think I might have me and my. Well, from my my fox side of the family, um, yeah, I have children, but they're even grown. They're like 34, 38. That's kind of funny because you don't look very much older than that yourself. But no, you're so sweet. But I do have I do have three grandchildren, and they are all under the age of of three. Oh, you so, do? Okay. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I have a thought because yeah. you know you're part of such an important history in so many areas, you know, in, in movies and in singing and in creativity and in um, disability and in, you're just, you lead to so many things. There's a lot of levels. Yeah. A lot of, yes. Thank you. A lot of levels. That's exactly right. Thanks. (laughs) And I was just thinking, see, I don't think just because a person is no longer with us on this earth, there's any reason to stop talking to that person. That's right. Or writing to them. Mm-hmm. And I have I have written letters to people who have gone. It's a wonderful thing to do. What, yeah. what if you were to write a letter right now from where you are in life to your grandmother mm-hmm. and to your grandfather, to both Dale Evans and Roy Rogers, telling them whatever it is you want to tell them and then sending it to your grandchildren? Oh, that's a great idea. Nobody throws love letters away. You're saying you still have. And, you know, it's such an, I think it's an, an interesting thing to do historically. So it's like, you know, what are, what are your grandchildren's names? Aiden, Madeline, and Benjamin. Okay, so, you know, three separate. And it could be, you could, you know, dear Aiden, Mad, Madeline, and Benjamin, I'm writing this to my grandma and two separate letters, maybe. Yeah. And, or, you know, to my grandpa, Roy Rogers, but I'm going to send it to you because I just feel like having, you know, even more about how I feel, whatever it is. I love that. I love that. That's a great idea. And I might even stick it inside of a one of my books and give it to them for, oh, for a birthday gift, you know, or something. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. And then yes. they could read even more about my relationship with my grandparents in exactly. the book. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And isn't that a nice lesson to pass down and down and down? It is. It really is. Oh, I want to thank you for doing this with me. It's been yes. so fun. Yes. It's really fun. Just, uh, something about you, you know, just, I mean, you know, what you're connected to and what you've learned from it and how unspoiled you all are. Well, you know, I think... <laughs> I think this day and age, I think people are reading too much of their own press and kind uh-huh. of involved with themselves. And back then it was just more, uh, I don't know, it was just a different day. And my grandparents, again, they were authentic yes. and they, as are you, well, I, you know, my grandma did used to say, honey, baby, you're just like me. And I used <laughs> to think, oh, 
Is that a good thing or a bad thing? I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, we were very, very close. So. You're a lucky girl. Okay. Thank you, dear. Thank you um, so much. Yes. Well, this this was just somehow thrilling to me. I just, I'm so touched by it all. So um, let's just be in touch. And okay. I, hope you, I hope you do get to write those letters. Because I, you know what? I will do that. Good. I will do that. Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you okay. for that encouragement to do that. And thank and you for taking the time to ask and to talk to me. Oh, my pleasure. Times 10. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Uh -huh. You know where to find me if there's anything else you ever want to talk about or come back to Love Letters Live. Oh, thank know. you. Perfect. I'll okay. be in touch. Okay. Thank you, dear. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye-bye.